والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين استفاء أما بعد فأعوذ بالصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين استفاء أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم سبعة يظلهم الله في ظله يوم لا ظل إلا ظله إمام عادل وشاب نشأ في عبادة الله عز وجل أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Respected Unamai Kiram brothers and elders Last week we had discussed the message and the lesson that Hazrat Mawlana Abu Hassan Ali Nadwi rahimahullah popularly known as Hazrat Mawlana Ali Miyasab rahmatullah alayhi the lesson that he gave and the message that he gave to his family shortly before his demise about what are the three factors that are extremely important to adhere to and when that is forgotten then it creates a complete collapse in family greatness great families in history he referred to that were lost and all the greatness was all had all perished because they did not hold on to these things the three lessons that he gave one was don't ever be the oppressor rather be the oppressed one second lesson he gave that stay far away from haram wealth refrain from even doubt, doubtful wealth and the third lesson he gave was that maintain good ties and relationship with relatives no matter how painful it may be that somebody has treated one badly but always treat them kindly in return and as long as these things are adhered to then that greatness in family circles that has come down from generations will continue otherwise all this will perish in time so these were the three factors that he had mentioned and which we discussed in somewhat detail so just to go back to these three factors but to take the opposite side of it the first aspect that he mentioned was don't ever be the oppressor rather be the oppressed one and we discussed the aspect of zulm and what kind of difficulties zulm brings azulm zulumatun yawm alqiyamah that zulm is a means of darknesses on the day of qiyamah today too we are sitting in some kind of darkness and a person is in darkness he is in a state of bewilderment here yeah, we still have some light but if we didn't have any light then a person is not sure now which which direction do i move do i move left or right he's insecure he's in pareshani so likewise when a person commits zulm then this brings about darknesses in this world also and in the akhirat as well in this world that this brings about difficulties and as a result of those difficulties a person doesn't know do i turn left or right so in any case that was the discussion of zulm which we had last week but today to discuss the positive side of it the aspect of adl and justice 
And to the extent that there will be justice, we will be safe from zulm. To the extent there is light, the darkness will be gone. Justice is that fundamental aspect that with this justice, there is the system and order on the earth. If there is no justice, then the entire system and order completely collapses. If there is no justice system, for example, in terms of meeting out justice in a court of law, then a person will do anything and everything and I'll get away with anything. I can commit murder, I can commit theft, I can commit anything and a person feels he'll get away. Because there's no system, there's no order. And with justice, then there's system and order. As soon as justice collapses, there is nothing that brings about corruption and chaos faster than the lack of justice. And justice is gone, this brings a very speedy end to all the system and order and corruption and chaos that becomes the order of the day. So nevertheless, what is this adal and this justice in terms of deen? What is the message, what is the lesson we get? We find in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala gives this command, Inna Allah ya'muru bil adl. Allah Ta'ala gives the command of adl, of upholding justice. We listen to this ayat every Friday being recited in the khutbah. Hazrat Umar ibn Abdul Aziz rahimahullah, he had commenced reciting this ayat in every Friday khutbah as a message, as a lesson. That this lesson needs to be embedded. That if there's justice, then everything else will follow. And a person with a sense of justice, he will be at peace himself, he will bring peace to others. Therefore Allah Ta'ala gives us command, Inna Allah ya'amru bil adl. So there's much detail in this, but just to go to one hadith of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says that on the day of Qiyamah, سَبْعَةٌ يُظِلُّهُمُ اللَّهُ فِي ظِلِّهِ يَوْمَ لَا ظِلَّ إِلَّا ظِلُّهُ On the day of Qiyamah, seven categories of people will be given the shade of the Arsh of Allah Ta'ala. On that day when there will be no other shade but that Arsh, the shade of the Arsh, the sun will be above the heads of the people. And some people will be up to their ankles in perspiration, some up to their knees, some up to their waist, some up to their collarbone. And they will be keeping their heads just above water, so to say. And in that situation, there will be seven categories of people that will have this great honor of being in the shade of the Arsh of Allah Ta'ala. What an honor that will be. And only that day will that be appreciated. So who are these seven categories of people? The first category, which is related to our topic, Nabi Islam says, Imamun Adilun. Imamun Adilun, a just ruler. Now, one is the ruler who is ruling over some country, the president of a country, the king. So fine, that is the first, perhaps, the first implication of what is being referred to. But it is broader than that. Any person who has any authority in whatever capacity and he exercises that authority with justice. A father over his family or the husband, the father over the family. A person is an employer, so with his employees. A person is in some situation where he is in charge of somebody, he is the manager, 
whatever the case may be. So he is now got certain authority, some type, some type of authority over others. Does he deal with justice? So the person who deals with justice, Imamun Adilun, then he will also be part of this. And the least is every single person is. Hazrat Allah Dhan Barakatum gives this example and he explains it that every person is the president of this country of his that Allah Ta'ala has given him. This head to toe is his country, is his land. And does he deal with justice with all the provinces of this land? For example, the province of the eye. Does he deal with it with justice in a sense that does he use it correctly or abuse it? If he is using it correctly, then he is being just. And if he is being using it incorrectly, he is being unjust. Because this I now will have to suffer the consequences. The tongue, the province of the tongue, is he just with this or not? It is mentioned in the hadith that every day, all the limbs of the body, they plead to the tongue. Daily, all the limbs of the body, they plead to the tongue that if you stay straight, we all will be safe. And if you are not straight, then we all will be in a problem. So if this person is just with his tongue, then the rest of the body will be safe also. The rest of the body will be safe from any kind of problem and difficulty. And if he is unjust with the tongue, he misuses it. Or misuse is injustice. Then the entire body is going to suffer the consequences. So this is the fundamental thing that this person, Imamun Adilun, the person has this entire head to toe country of his. Is he just? If he is, then he is also included in this category. He will also get this virtue of being a just ruler. He is ruling over his own land with justice. We find that this was something that was emphasized very greatly. In the hadith we will find much emphasis. And the sahaba ikram, Nabi Wasallam, and the sahaba ikram in their practical lives, they displayed what this justice is all about. Just to take some examples, Nabi Wasallam had conquered Khaybar. After having conquered Khaybar, The Jews were living there. So Nabi Salaam had conquered it. So he said, well, we are going to be taking the land and the wealth and the gold and silver. We will be now taking control of this. So they requested that we know how to work the land. We work the land well. We are doing it from ages. So leave the land by us. Let's come to some compromise. Leave the land by us. We will work the land. And the crops, we will shade half and half. So Nabi Wasallam said, fine, as long as we desire to maintain this, we'll maintain it. As long as we don't decide to take you out, you can remain and we'll go about it the way you are saying. So very well. Now when the time would come for the harvest, so Nabi Wasallam said, Abdullah, sent Abdullah bin Rawaha radiallahu ta'ala that you go now and according to the arrangement, give them half and bring the half of the Muslims. So he would go, the entire harvest he would make into two heaps. And after having made it into two heaps, he would say to the Jews, now who he is dealing with? 
He's dealing with the Yahud who were bent on trying to harm Nabi Wasallam and the Muslims in every way. And he's dealing with them. Now he puts all this harvest in two hips and he says, now you take the first choice. You take the first choice. If you decide to take the right hand side one, that's yours. If you take the other one, whichever one you think is better for you, you take it. Now this is in dealing with one's enemies. So when in dealing with one's enemies, if this is the extent of justice, then what will be the extent of justice in dealing with those who are one's own? This is in dealing with one's enemies. The very famous incident in the time of Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala. Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala is Amirul Mu'mineen. And one day he sees one Yahudi passing and he's carrying a shield. And Hazrat Ali radiallahu recognizes it as his own shield that went missing. So he immediately, he takes hold of this person, that this is my shield. So he says, no, it's not yours. He didn't. He claims it to be his own. So Ali al-Nanu says, well, let's go to the Qazi. Qazi, <laughs> Qazi Shuraih. Who is Qazi Shuraih appointed as a Qazi by Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala. And now they come. Ali al-Nanu says that this is my shield. It went missing. That Jew claims no, it's his. The Qazi Shuray says, fine. The claimant, it is in his position now. You are claiming it. The claimant must bring just uh, evidence. He must bring two witnesses. So do you have two witnesses? Yes, I have two witnesses. Who are the two witnesses? So he brings the two witnesses. One is his son and the other is his slave. So Qazi Shuray says that the evidence of a son for his father is not acceptable. Who is talking to? He's talking to Amir al-Mu'mineen. And who is on the other side? A Jew. So very well that you brought witnesses, but the one witness, his evidence is not valid. That is the justice that Islam demands. So you only got left with one witness. And on the basis of the evidence of one witness, I can't pass judgment in favor of you. So if this Jew now takes an oath, it will be given to him. So the Jew takes the oath, takes it. But when this now judgment was passed for the Jew, that it is yours now, you can take it and go. This person suddenly is so shocked at this whole situation that I am standing in front of the Qazi with that person who appointed the Qazi in the first place. Who at this time is the ruler over this Qazi. And the Qazi is passing judgment against his own ruler. And as Ali is accepting it, fine, the Qazi passed judgment against me, so I got no choice in the matter, I got to go with it. He confesses there and there that this shield is not mine, I had taken it away wrongfully, and I am returning it, and I am accepting Islam also now. As Ali now says, no, this is hadiyah from me now, you keep it. But where this came from? This came from the justice of Islam. That this justice, when this is there, then it will draw hearts of people also. When justice is there, then it will bring people closer to deen, it will bring people closer to Islam, and it will bring people closer to all the good qualities that deen and Islam stand for. And when this justice is lacking, then one person is an alim, 
from America. He reverted to Islam many years ago. And then he learned Deen. He went to Pakistan and he studied, etc. Became an alim. So his parents are still not Muslims. He's a Muslim for some 35 years. But his parents are still not Muslim. And he says that up to this day, this talk he gave about maybe 6-8 months back here in South Africa. And he says that up to this day, every now and again he talks to his father. He says his father says that everything you say, I can't argue with anything. Everything that you are saying to me, I cannot argue with anything. But he says his father is a businessman. So he is now analyzing it from a business perspective. So he's saying all the things that you are talking about, the theory, the details you are giving, 100%. I can't argue with anything. But if this was a feasible venture, he's putting it in his business terminology. If it was a feasible venture, then the Muslims would have taken it first. So if they haven't taken it, why must I? He's so-called, obviously that's a warped understanding. It's a warped understanding that if somebody else is not benefiting from what he has, then it doesn't mean that we must deprive ourselves of it. But nevertheless, he's looking at it from that perspective that if the Muslim, if all this was as it is being said, the theory you can't argue with it, then it would have been first in the lives of the Muslims. They would have been practicing this. If they are not practicing it, where are we? So, when this justice was there, then people came towards Deen, came towards Islam. So what is the thing that is going to bring this justice in the life of a person? It's such a fundamental thing. Justice will bring all these values that come along with it. In fact, it is said that there are signs of justice. You should understand that signs are not things that mean that it is certainly linked all the time there. A sign, for example, sometimes there's some smoke. So smoke is a sign of some fire, but when you get there, it could be dry ice. So it's not always necessary that where there's smoke, there's fire. It's a sign. A sign doesn't always mean that it's definitely what it's indicating towards. It could be something else. So this is a sign, generally it will be there, sometimes it could be without the sign also. So one of the signs of justice in a person is that he has haya also. Because haya stems from justice. Now if a person has haya, then that is an indication this will be a just person also. And if a person lacks haya, then that lack of haya is an indication that there is a problem with the sense of justice as well. To understand this very simply, we're talking about haya, a person without haya. Now, he's got no haya, so he would not be concerned about who he's looking at, who is trying to entice, who is trying to bring closer to himself in a wrongful way. So is that justice or injustice? That's the height of injustice to somebody else. So where the whole link is, where hayai and injustice will go together. So nevertheless, this justice, among the things that have been mentioned is, that two things will develop justice. One is, taqwa. 
taqwa will bring justice. And the other is zuhud, abstinence, lack of greed. If there isn't taqwa, there'll be injustice. If there's greed, there'll be injustice. In the Quran Sharif, to Allah Ta'ala speaks about, to just link this up, that what will taqwa, one of the things taqwa will bring, if a person has taqwa in his life, then he will be able to suppress anger. Without taqwa, a person won't be concerned. And in the hadith, Nabi Islam says, لَا يَقْضِيَنَّ أَحَدُكُمْ وَهُوَ غَضْبَانٌ That never ever pass judgment or take a decision in the state of anger. Because you are prone to do something unjust. Don't ever take a decision in the state of anger. On whichever level. It's not something restricted to somebody who is sitting as a judge in a court. Whether it's on a domestic level, in a business situation, on a social level, wherever. Never take a decision or pass judgment in a situation of anger. Now if a person has taqwa, he'll be conscious about suppressing anger. And when he suppresses anger, then he will be able to act justly. And the ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala speaks about the same thing. Allah Ta'ala speaks about سَابِقُوا إِلَىٰ مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ وَجَنَّةٍ عَرْضُهَا السَّمَاوَاتُ وَالْأَرْضِ وَعِدَّتْ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ That compete with one another. We compete with one another in terms of acquiring the dunya. Allah Ta'ala is giving us some competition in the Quran Sharif. There's a competition here. That vie with one another and compete with one another in gaining the maghfirat and forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala. And gaining the jannat, the breadth of which is the expanse of the skies and earth. So, what will be the length? Then Allah Ta'ala says, Uiddat lil muttaqeen, it has been prepared for the muttaqeen. Now, who are these muttaqeen? What we just explained is that justice, one fundamental quality that will bring justice is taqwa. So, Allah Ta'ala speaks about the muttaqeen. Alladina yunfiquna fi sarra'i wa that they spend in all situations in ease and in adversity whatever they can something they keep spending in the path of Allah Ta'ala. The often the needy, the widows the destitute, whatever and then وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْزِ or the sense of justice will come out of this taqwa and that will make a person suppress his anger now the muttaqeen, those who have taqwa, there will be a whole list of their qualities. Now often when you're reading some article too, the article is lengthy, you'll find some points highlighted. So Allah Ta'ala is also highlighting some aspects of the muttaqeen. And they have numerous qualities, but there are certain highlights. The person who has taqwa will have these highlights. One is wal-kaazimeen al-ghayz, that they are those who suppress their anger. They don't vent it anywhere and everywhere. They will not be the ones who will say, I lost it. They will say, I kept it. They will, won't lose it. Because when a person keeps losing it, he'll have nothing left. So, they will suppress anger. When a person has learned how to suppress his anger, and he suppresses the anger, then he will be the one who will afina anin nas. The muttaqeen, the next quality is that they forgive. 
So forgiveness without suppressing anger is a very difficult thing. When a person has learned how to suppress his anger, then it will bring forgiveness. And then the issue doesn't stop there. It goes further. Wallahu yuhibbul muhsineen. Allah Ta'ala loves those who make ihsan on top of that. So, taqwa was, was the requirement for adl, for justice. With taqwa, what happened? This justice now demanded the person suppresses the anger. He suppressed the anger, so now this gave that ability to forgive. When that ability to forgive came, then he got the jazba and the enthusiasm to even make ihsan on top of that. And when taqwa is missing, so the sense of justice is not there anymore. So the sense of justice is not there, the whole detail now will go in the opposite direction. There won't be any more suppressing of anger, there will be venting of anger. But now the hadith we just understood just now, that لا أَحَدُكُمْ وَهُوَ غَضْبَانٌ Never pass judgment in a state of anger. Now this person is not concerned about suppressing the anger. So he's going to now say things, do things, make decisions, pass judgments, all in anger. He's not suppressing the anger anymore. So right there already justice has gone out of the window. And when a person hasn't suppressed anger, or hasn't learned how to suppress it, or does not suppress it, the next thing would be the opposite of forgiveness. On this side, the person suppressed the anger, so he had the heart to forgive also. And here when he gives vent to the anger, that itself lends the person to move to the next step of malice. Because that anger then carries on. Injustice, one of the reasons why injustice is one of the most severe things, because there's no end to it. There's no limit to what a person can go to. So now when this anger wasn't suppressed, it gives rise to malice. Because now a person will say something, then he'll, what he says, he'll get in return, he'll say something further, he'll do something further, and then there'll be this malice that I didn't manage to do what I wanted to do. On this side, after the forgiveness, then he now was even very comfortable with trying to do something in terms of ihsan also. Because he's forgiven it, everything is open now, the heart is clear and clean. There's nothing left now. So there's no barrier within him to even make ihsan. So that was on the positive end. But on this side, the anger was vented, it gave rise to malice, and thereafter, here on this side was ihsan, here he'll be thirsting for revenge. He'll be thirsting for revenge. How can I get some revenge back? So a completely opposite situation. And so what the whole crux of the whole thing is Adil, justice. Where there's justice, all this whole positive line will go. And where the justice is missing, the whole opposite line will go. And the root of that justice is taqwa. The extent of that taqwa, to that extent will this justice be there. And the second part of it is, that zuhud, abstinence, the person has got no greed. Often the injustice, especially in, especially in monetary issues, now there's an estate to be distributed. The estate is to be distributed, the person is being explained that this is the shari proportions that each person will get. And this is your share in terms of the shariat. So now he's been told, this is the shariat, this is the your share. So now suddenly, he comes out with, but what is in the will? Sorry, your father made the will, but that will is incorrect. That hasn't been made correctly. So do a favor to your father as well, and go by the Shari law, 
and don't look at that will. He says, no, I want to respect my father's last wishes. Father's whole life, he didn't respect any wish of the father. Now the last wish of the father, which is contradicting Shariat and Deen, that he wants to respect only. So he's not respecting any wish anywhere. It is all the greed. Now the greed is leading him to injustice to this extent. That now he will even tolerate the father being in problems in the Akhirat, but he must get whatever he can take wrongfully in any way. So this greed will lead to this kind of injustice. Person is holding something in trust. Somebody else's property, somebody else's wealth. Toyota... So in any case, the aspect we were discussing is that to the extent that there will be taqwa, there will be justice. To the extent that there will be the zuhud, abstinence, there is no greed. To that extent, a person will be able to save himself from injustice and he will not be now looking at what more I can grab from where. All these things won't happen. So the fundamental quality is this aspect of adal. So this is the thing that what we discussed last week that rather be the oppressed one don't be the oppressor just one incident to finish off on in terms of this aspect of justice Imam Abu Yusuf the student of Imam Abu Hanifa he was the Qazi Al-Quzad the chief justice at the time of Harun Rashid the great king of his time and Imam Abu Yusuf was Qazi Al-Quzad so a long time passed like this and eventually now the time came for his demise he's on his deathbed and now he starts crying and then he is now talking aloud so to say making dua to Allah Ta'ala, that ya Allah you are fully aware that in the entire time that I remained as Qazi I did not ever deal in any situation with any kind of injustice. But then he expresses one fear to the people around him, but that one incident is making me greatly worried. One incident. What is that incident? Since there was a time one day, when there was a case between Harun Rashid and one, either it was a Jew or a Christian. So both came along, and they came into the court with this case. So when they came to the court with this case, at that moment, he says something passed my heart. That one little, one little thought passed my heart. That how I hope that the Amirul Mu'minin he is on the right, and I can pass favor in his. Eventually, the case was heard. And he passed the judgment in favor of the Jew. But now this thought is worrying him that that moment that little thought came in my mind that I wish that the Amirul Mu'mineen will win this case. I hope I'm not taken to task on that account on the day of Qiyamat. Whereas in the end he had even passed judgment in favor of that Jew or Christian, whoever he was. But he is now fearing over this that I wish 
on the day of Qiyamah, I am not taken to task, that why did you even entertain that thought at that time, that this person must win rather than that person. This was the extent of that sense of justice in his heart. So may Allah wa ta'ala grant us also this great quality of Adil, and keep us just in every aspect, justice within ourselves, and justice with others as well. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ
نفسو شیتا دونوں نے مل کر ہائے کیا ہے مجھ کو تباہ اے میرے مولا میری مدد کر چاہتا ہوں میں تیری پناہ مجھ سا خلق میں کوئی نہیں گو بد کردار نامسیہ تو بھی مگر غفار ہے یا رب بخش دے میرے سارے گناہ اب تو رہے بس تادم آخر ورد زمائے میرے الہ لا الہ الا اللہ 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 محمد الرسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وعلا آلہ و اصحابہ و بارک و سلم و بارک و سلم تسلیما کثیرا کثیرا اللہ اللہ جل جلاله عم نواله اللہ 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 کیسا پیارا نام ہے عاشقوں کا مینہ اور جام ہے اللہ اللہ کیسا پیارا نام ہے عاشقوں کا مینہ اور جام ہے آہ راجز آسما حمدم نبود راز را غیر خدا محرم نبود آہ راجز آسما حمدم نبود راز را غیر خدا محرم نبود الہی ای بندرہ رسوہ مکن گر بدم من سر من پیدا مکن 
ഇലാഹീ ബന്ധനാനുസ്വാമകുൻ ഗർഭദമ്മൻസിമൻക്വേദാമകുൻ ഹമ്മദുറസൂലിക്കുറുക്കുറുക്കുറുക്കുറുക്കുറുക്കുറുക്കുറുക്കുറുക്കുറുക്കുറുക്കുറുക്കുറുക്കുറുക്കുറുക
Give the oppressors also hidayat, ya Allah. If hidayat is not decreed for them, ya Allah, bring such a punishment on them that becomes a lesson for the entire mankind, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, wipe them out from the surface of this earth, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah, you protect all the masajid, ya Allah, protect the madaris, ya Allah. Ya Allah, protect the khanqas, ya Allah, protect the work of da'wat and tabligh, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah, you protect the haramain, sharifain, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, protect the Muslims throughout the world, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, keep us steadfast on iman and Islam, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, at the time of our death, take us with the kalima, la ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Take us with tawbat and nasuh, ya Allah. Take us at the time you are pleased with us, ya Allah. And we are pleased with you, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who have passed away, ya Allah, fill their qabars with nur, ya Allah. Give them the highest stages in the akhirat, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah, ya Allah, all that we have asked for, ya Allah, you grant us that as well, ya Allah. What we have not asked for, ya Allah, ya Allah, you grant us that as well, ya Allah. Whatever good Nabi Islam asked for, we are begging for it also, ya Allah. Ya Allah, whatever Nabi Islam sought protection from, ya Allah, you protect us as well, ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri ma sta'adaka minhu nabiyyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balagh wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-'aliyyil 'azim 